Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. Uh, The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is uh, America. You're listening to The C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation daily right here over the airwaves of Red State, Red State Talk uh, Radio, the largest talk platform in the nation and most listened to, I might add. And if you're traveling through Times Square, look up above iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not. And right above Ripley's, you will see the Red State Talk billboard and every hour, 24 hours a day, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there on uh, that billboard, and old CL's face is looking right back at you. And hey, it is a great day, great day in the USA, even though Times Square is still rather uh, quiet. Uh, I'm back uh, for at least um, a few months in Louisiana for, I think, <laughs> for a while. Who knows what may happen uh, before or after the election? Who knows what the conventions are going to be like? Uh, since the uh, passing of my wife, I'm sort of like a. Um, um, uh, drift, adrift on a vast sea that I didn't realize I was on. Um, you know, it's strange how um, your world can become so capsulized because you uh, you centered around the, your significant other and the, your wife, the person that you are with. You're centered around them, and you, you build your own little world. But once they are gone, I just did not. Jane tried to prepare me for everything I could possibly be prepared for, but. She could not prepare me for her being gone. She couldn't do it. And and I'm like a ship adrift on the sea. I'm prepared for just about everything else, the, the zombie apocalypse, whatever else may come along. Uh, she prepared me for all of that. Uh, but she could not prepare me for her being gone. And so I'm a, a, a drift, really, on um, this this sea, I have purpose, of course, uh, in doing what I do, uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ first, first and foremost, and then, of course, um, spreading the good news of America as well. That Judeo-Christian ethic is something you just cannot uh, get around. It's ingrained in the American core. Hey, something else that's being ingrained into the American core is this idea that the polls are to be listened to and that the polls are right. However, it is an indication of just how short the collective American memory is, or at least how short 
the communist media, socialist media, calling themselves progressive. That's how they have programmed you to be. They have programmed you to have a short memory because they always present you with something else that you make you forget that. And so they have programmed the American public to believe that somehow um, their opinions on who is winning and losing is accurate because they depend on your memory being short. I'm going to refresh your memory here uh, in just a minute. Our guest today will be uh, journalist, investigative journalist extraordinaire. John Solomon will be on with me here at the bottom of this hour. And uh, then at the top of the next hour will be my friend, activist and colleague, Corinne Rankin, uh, will be on with me. And there's a lot of things going on in this country that you do need uh, the perspective of not the uh, faces, the black faces in particular that they put on television. You need to hear a perspective from uh, someone and people who have tried both sides and, and, and are trying this. <laughs> we, we've been black all of our lives and, and, and we know what's happening here in this country as far as our pocketbooks are concerned. And we just want to give it a try to tell you. We, we know it's right for us. We've decided that. But we just want to share with you why this is right for us, even though uh, you may be judging us solely on the, the fact that we're black. No, it has a lot to do with economics, uh, it has a lot to do with patriotism, and it certainly has a lot to do with my faith, uh, above all. It's why I do what I do. And Corinne can tell you her side of the story. She'll be on uh, at the top of the next hour. If you don't get both hours of the C.L. Bryant Show, be sure to download free the C.L. Bryant Show app onto your uh, iPhone or favorite device and listen to us wherever you go. All of the shows are cataloged there, at least all the ones that I don't mess up. <laughs> and you know what? This this uh, coronavirus thing has uh, definitely uh, made itself uh, available to my becoming a little bit more tech savvy. Didn't have to. I have Jared, but I couldn't congregate with Jared. I couldn't get together with Michelle. So, well, necessity is the mother of invention, they say, huh? Well, it was necessary, so I had to invent myself being more tech-savvy. And that, my friends, is the American way, no doubt about it. So, John Solomon will be on with us at the bottom of this hour, and um, Corinne Rankin, um, extraordinary businesswoman, and uh, former head of the uh, Bail Sponsor Association there in California. Uh, Black Voices for Trump colleague with me will be joining me at the top of the next hour. Hillary Clinton was projected, hands down, by the polls to beat the snot (laughs) out of Donald Trump. She that was the projection. She was going to beat the snot out of Trump. That's what the poll said. 
And uh, even those of us who were supporting him. I think the only person who, and he would never let you know, uh may not have been may not have been surprised and I think maybe he was but he may not have been surprised because uh, that's how big uh, his personality is that he won with the president himself the president president always seems to have what he says he operates almost on a spiritual principle and I don't think he knows it but maybe Paula has ingrained that into him Paula White who comes on the show often uh, has ingrained that into him good friend Paula great I think she is the perfect personality to be his spiritual advisor perfect she fits you know the president will never um, be suited for anyone who is holier than thou and uh, my friend Paula is not one of those people I'm not one of those people Uh, yes I'm a preacher of the gospel but um I'm not one of those holier than thou. Thank God I'm not one of those holier than thou people who can't stand for other people to have a differing opinion or or even live their life. I, I may think you're wrong, but that's you. You may think I'm wrong, but that's me. We still have to live together in a common, uh, have common ground as Americans in particular, citizens of our whatever city it is that you live in, whether it's large or small, whatever it is. You know, you have to um, make your own decisions, regardless of what the group thinks. And that's where we come into these polls again. The polls want you to group think on why Biden is beating Trump in their polls by 10 percent. And then some better. Now, I I want you to think rationally about this because, uh, you see, we can very easily become derailed if, in fact, uh, we we don't remain rational about this. Okay? We can become derailed. And that we cannot afford to become is derailed. And so, my friends, my fellow Americans, it's incumbent upon us to remember that the polls were um, purposely, in my estimation, and there is evidence that I can point to, and I think, we, I think Michelle, we should uh, try and point to that, you know, so we're just not talking here, but it's it's evidenced in how terribly wrong they were. If not for the votes in California, and of course there's always suspect when it comes to Democrat candidate, candidates running against a Republican candidate, ex- ex- except for the votes in California, this would have been both a popular and an electoral landslide. It was virtually an electoral landslide. But excusing the votes in California, 
this would have been a massacre and the polls would have shown themselves to be absolutely uh, totally a farce and what's happening now is that they are kicking in again they're they're telling you again here here we come to another presidential election and their 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 candidate is up whoever is uh you know the information gatherers and the then the distributors of that information to us their candidate is running and they want their candidate of course to win so they began to manipulate your thought process by telling you that a candidate like Joe Biden now Joe Biden could never beat Hillary Clinton himself Trump thumped her what planet do you come from to think that it is rational to even consider that Joe Biden, who has never beat Hillary Clinton, she thumped him all every time, can actually unseat a sitting president. What, how stupid do they perceive you to be automatically how do they come to believe that about you how how did it happen how have they come to believe that about you that that you were that stupid it's been your voting uh you know habits it's, it's been your habits in voting the way you have voted and the economic situations that many Americans find themselves in, particularly black Americans find themselves in lends to the idea that there may not be a lot of thought that's given to how you vote. Oh, they know that you do go and vote. But they have never, until now, until now, they have never been concerned about uh, how about how you're going to vote. They knew you would vote. They know that they knew when you voted. But they were never concerned about how you voted until now, and so it's starting very early. To let everyone know that the on the game page that you're supposed to be on, black person, uh, college student, white college student, black college student, whoever you are, uh, if you have ever been touched, manipulated, or whatever by the liberal agenda, pay attention because this is what's happening. It's time for you to do what you've always done. Vote for us. And the reason you should vote for us is because it's inevitable 
that our candidate is going to win, who is promising to do everything, including eliminating any police presence in your communities. (laughs) Now, uh, they somehow think that that is a winning formula in black America. Why do they think that? Because people who are void of historical reference points in their lives are now being allowed to write the narratives for the Democrat Party. And their narratives come from a point of delusion. I'm talking about Ocasio-Cortez. I'm talking about um, uh, Omar and Talib. They are deluded. And they have a rabid following of people who are deluded as well. And so in this great delusion that is going on, you are seeing these voices who really should not have uh, any weight whatsoever. They could have a voice, of course. Americans, they all are, even though, uh, you know, I don't know how they, I don't know if they truly appreciate that, but they're, they're Americans. (laughs) But friends, they have taken, they have hijacked the Democrat party. The only way that Nancy Pelosi, I believe, feels she can hold on to her uh, gavel if for some reason we should fail to oust her rightly out and then put an end to all of this. I think she feels she has to play ball with uh, Ocasio-Cortez. She's got to play ball with Bernie Sanders. Uh, Nancy is nearly 80 years old. Nancy Pelosi is nearly 80 years old. Do you realize what a desperate trail she is on to preserve the tenets of liberalism in this country? She's on a desperate trail. She knows that if she fails, if Donald John Trump gets another uh, four years, single, they would have to manufacture scandals a week to try and slow the momentum of that locomotive. They would literally have to lay down in front of that train to try and stop it. And I'm afraid that they would be run over. Thank you. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here daily on the CL Bryant Show. I cannot wait to get back in front of audiences. I, I just can't wait to get back in front of audiences. Coming up here at the uh, next uh, few minutes will be John Solomon. John Solomon, uh, extraordinary investigative journalist. And, of course, he is editor-in-chief now of JustTheNews.com and author of his latest work, uh, Fallout, Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies, and Washington Lies that Enrich the Clinton and Biden Dynasty. I want to talk to him about um, the the possibilities um, of these, if the president is able to secure office again, these dynasties, Clinton and Biden, will they by necessity, age being one of the factors, fade I want to talk to him about that. Um, we have an opportunity to put down what could have been, what very well could be an insurrection in this country. Can you imagine what would have happened if, I think I mentioned this yesterday. I said this yesterday, and I think I had a conversation about it last evening with um, with um, people, some some friends. Can you imagine what would have happened if this pandemic Along with this um, police officer doing this thing so stupidly, can you imagine what would have happened if Hillary Clinton had been president of the United States? This coronavirus thing, uh, listen, if it is, uh, if we don't, didn't become herd immune, it, it would have killed so many elderly. And I'm talking about those knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, you know. And from what I understand, from all of the accounts that I have seen, unless you are knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, you are probably not going. Yeah, I think your chances of being uh, struck by lightning are much greater. And, um, of course, you know, living in Louisiana or Florida or someplace like that, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, we're lightning strikes is what I'm talking about. But we need to understand just what is still necessary to get done, and that is to get, as far as I'm concerned, 
this president reelected. Because if we had not elected him the first time, can you wake up for just a minute? Can you just see what I'm saying here for just, just a second? If we had not elected him the first time and the course of human events in America continued as they did. The question then would have to be, would more elderly be dead? Would we be in the shape that we're in now? Because face it, Trump took and the rollbacks, as far as the regulations were concerned, Trump allowed this nation to go to heights that we had not ever seen before. And it was simply because of an action that he was willing to make. And, and, and we all benefited from it. And we had better be glad that we did. Because if we had not been in the financial shape that the policies that were done by the administration had not uh, taken on, administrated, and, and initiated, then you folks, you, you got a, a check, didn't you? Those of you who really needed that, according according to what everyone was saying, uh, America needed needed this money. They couldn't work. They couldn't go anywhere. They were melancholy. They were killing ourselves. Uh, all types of things were going on. As far as the American spirit was concerned, and so what happened? Your government came to. Your aid. Now, uh, the greatest sin, I think, is that of ingratitude. Yeah. And there's going to be a fallout from all of this, Americans not realizing that we live in the greatest land on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known. There's going to be a fallout for that. If we don't wake up, joining me is the author of a book by the same name, Fallout, John Solomon, who is an investigative reporter, extraordinaire founder of uh, The Hill, someone I greatly admire and glad to have him on the show, I believe, for the first time. John, thank you so much for being on with us here, C.L. Bryant Show. It's good to be with you, C.L. Yeah, I appreciate it. John, could you tell us, uh, first of all, uh, about the genesis of this book, Fallout? Absolutely. Yeah, so we wanted to take go back and take a look at exactly how it was that uh, we, we ended up with a succession of scandals that started with Uranium One, and then the Russia scandal, the Russia collusion bogus scandal, then impeachment. And we, we started to trace back. And what we figured out is that the origins of all of those scandals, all originated by, by Democrats, um, really goes back to 2009 when President Obama, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden made a decision to, quote, unquote, reboot our relationship with Russia. And they gave a lot of weight to the Russians, thinking that we can win them over by giving, giving giveaways billions of dollars of utility contracts to make American 
utilities reliant on Russian uranium. We'll give them 20% of the uranium under the core of our earth that used to be mined by Americans. We'll, we'll allow that to be sold off to them. And, and went along fine. Russia got an awful lot of things. Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton got some nice things. Bill Clinton got a $500,000 payday in Moscow one day. Uh, lots of consultants got rich. The Clinton Foundation got lots of donations. And then all of a sudden, the Russians, after they had built a monopoly of uranium around the world, they had a corner on the uranium market because of the giveaways that the Obama administration had. They pulled the rug out from under Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and Joe Biden and said, <laughs> we got what we wanted, and now we're going to be the bad boys we always were. And they went in, they invaded Crimea and Ukraine. And the Obama administration, Clinton, thinking about her chances of running in 20. 16 and joe biden also with political aspirations had to neutralize this russia issue had to neutralize this extraordinary failure that they had made in foreign policy basically they self-funded giving russia a leg up made russia stronger at american expense and so that gave rise to the research project that was christopher Steele. christopher Steele walks his research project into the fbi that gave rise to the uh, uh the uh, russia collusion false scandal and then when that was falling apart, the Russians pivoted because yours truly, I myself, I wrote the story about Joe Biden and his Ukraine problems, and they want to neutralize that. So they started an impeachment proceeding. And that's how we go from 2009 to 2019 with the sort of these uh, cascading set of scandals, all designed to kind of cover up or hide a foreign policy failure by the Obama-Biden-Clinton uh, team. And so yeah. the book goes through methodically. How that happens. And, you know, John, uh, when we look at the course of human events, I, I think you would be uh, the, the right person to speak to this. Let us look at this uh, retrospectively, Hillary Clinton winning the White House and the course of human events turning out as they are. Can you give America a glimpse of what this might look like? under a different administration? What then would be America's outlook at this point? Talk to us about that. Well, listen, I, listen, I think what, what the Obama foreign policy turned out to be, you know, at the time it started, people didn't know what it would be. But at the end, it was a policy of appeasement, right? We'll give the Russians what they want, they'll leave us alone. We'll give Iranians lots of billions of dollars and give them a nuclear deal and they'll, they'll leave us alone. And so... The policy of appeasement probably would have continued to occur. The policy of apologizing for being America and uniquely American would have continued. And America standing in the world would probably be weaker today than it was four years ago. Why is that? We look and, and see what state uh, the Obama administration left Iraq in. They failed to counter ISIS, and Iraq became uh, a completely destroyed nation state. It had no security, no stability, no economy. Donald Trump has gone in over the last four years, and, and that, that, that state emboldened Iran to get more and more aggressive. So Iranians are attacking Americans on, on Iraqi soil, and uh, Donald Trump comes in, and what does he do? He does the opposite of what Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and Joe Biden did. He starts cracking down on ISIS, pushes them back into a little tiny corner of Iraq, and then when the Iranians start meddling with us, he whacks their biggest general, General Soleimani, and tells the Iraqis, this is a new sheriff in town attack our boys you're going to pay a dear price and now the iranians are ratcheted back so iran would be a mess today the world would still be looking for more and more concessions from the united states and i think that's 
the difference between a Trump and a Clinton presidency, the policy of appeasement would have continued as opposed to have, have been brought to an end. Are we indeed looking at then a reordering, a redefinition? Has the fundamental change uh, agenda of the progressive liberals, uh, do Americans realize that has not been altered? That has not gone away. Is that still a part of their agenda to fundamentally change our nation? John Solomon. Uh, I think so, yes. I mean, listen, it's always been their agenda. Going back to the days of Saul Alinsky, they have a slightly different view uh, of of what America uh, should and could be, and we, you know, uh, conservatives uh, view the American foreign policy through the lens of what's in our American interest. Every president from Eisenhower forward had always defined foreign policy by defining the American interest first. And in the globalist view of, of the of the liberal wing of the Democratic Party today, it's no longer what's America's interest; it's what's the global interest at the moment. And of course, one of the problems with that is that. Global interests wane and, and wax in different ways. The American interest always stays firm. We're, we're about democracy, freedom, liberty. You see a struggle today inside of America to now impose upon a free American society all sorts of constraints that were in, um, unthinkable two decades ago. Uh, Bill Clinton would, have ex- would not have accepted some of the constraints that Democrats today are trying to impose in America. And I think that the, the, the differences in a globalist agenda, the American identity, the American success story, the American interest is subservient to a, a larger global interest. And, and that is the struggle that, that has played out over the last 10 or 20 years. The liberals have gotten stronger in this sense. They have a whole new generation of young millennials who grew up in colleges indoctrinated to think this way. That it's not, uh, it's not the American interest, it's the global interest that you should be focused on. And as a result, that's why we have this incredible struggle inside of America today, whether it's over the pandemic or over China or over um, racial injustice or relations between police and minority communities. There is just two very different lenses. And the liberal lens, which was defined in the 60s, but now far more widespreadly, uh, far more widespread and far more widely accepted is more predominant, more strong than it's been in, in, in my lifetime. Absolutely. And you know, John, I know that you are editor-in-chief of Just the News, and the event that has occurred now with George Floyd uh, and his death, we have gotten way away from the news. There has to be outlets like yours, uh, Just the News, to bring us. Do you see that type of platform beginning to explode as we need uh, other sources of than what we see on Fox, CNN, and what have you. Talk to us about that. Yeah, we've been very, very fortunate. Uh, we're only three, four months old now. In our third full month, uh, we had more than 10 million readers already. So we've seen a resounding embrace of news, which is without a point of view. We don't preach. Uh, we don't try to indoctrinate with our news. We don't have an opinion page. There's no op-eds allowed on just the news. We just write straight, factual news stories that most of our news colleagues today are either ignoring or not riding with a neutral voice. We, we value our neutral voice. We value our uh, commitment to facts. And we also have a tool on the site that we, is our commitment to the readers, which is you don't have to take our word for the story. We have a little tool called Dig In, and everything that supports our story, the documents, the audio, the video, uh, the uh, links of historical information, all there for you to see. And, and we want you to make up your own mind. We're not trying to make up your mind for you. And so far, you know, three to four months in, we've seen millions upon millions upon millions of people 
embrace our approach to news, which is really a, uh, a back to the future strategy. You know, 20, 30 years ago, most reporters uh, weren't allowed to have an opinion. They didn't get to go on Twitter and uh, opine about their thoughts. They didn't go to march and protest like Axios reporters are now allowed to do. We sat and we tried to give as neutral a presentation of the facts and as fair a presentation of the facts as we could. That era has frayed and gone away. Very few people practice it. And so we've entered into going back to that standard, but having a modern delivery system of podcasts and YouTube and other things. So we reach people through modern channels, but we give them old-fashioned journalism. You know, uh, that is the American way. Present it the way you see it and let the others decide. That was once the way it was in this country. As you stated, John, uh, when we look at this um, thing uh, that the Democrats and the well, progressives have turned into a farce, then they are the only ones I know that can turn a tragedy into a farce. And um, this George uh, Floyd thing has become uh, something, I think, of a visual, a white man killing a black man. But I don't think this is something about a black life. Uh, I, I have said that, and I, it has, it, I said it on, on, on our good friend Sean's uh, show the other, the other day. And it, I don't see this being about black lives mattering at all. I see this about an agenda. Is there something built into what the uh, progressives have made of this uh, tragedy? Listen, I think if people were to look factually at the Minneapolis Police Department. It has had a record of strife and problems that far predate uh, the horrible events that led to George Floyd's death. And let's go back just a couple of years ago. There were no protests. There were no burning of buildings. There were no national or global movement. There were no Black Lives Matters out. There were no liberal protesters out. But two years ago, a black Minneapolis police officer shot and killed a white a young woman who came to the window of the door after calling for help, uh, just shot her right through the side of the window without even uh, asking her to stop. Uh, she was shot dead. She was from Australia, and she was about to get married here and, and to the love of her life in America. Same sort of problems. A overly uh, a, a, a hyperactive officer shooting, not following his training, not uh, doing a good job, not uh, trying to identify the threat before neutralizing the threat, and yet there weren't any of the protests, but all of the same problems. Listen, in every police department in America, there are lots of great cops and there's always a few bad apples. And, and, and so in both cases, at least to this point, there's been no evidence that the reason why the officer knelt uh, uh, unmercifully on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes and killed him uh, has not been established that it was race at all. It, it, it has been established. He didn't follow his training. It has been established. He did a bad and a bad thing, and he's going to pay for the rest of his life in prison for it. But I think that the this wasn't, at least on the evidence we have now in public, it wasn't a racial incident per se, nor was the episode uh, two years earlier. What it is is a police department in strife that has not trained its officers right, who have not picked the right officers, and as a result, tragic deaths have occurred that we should all be ashamed of and that we should all be worried about. But this hasn't been a racial uh, episode, at least based on the evidence and facts and facts that are out there now. John, now, hold on for me just a second. Hold on for me through the break. Really Be important. right back. Oh, I'm sorry. You I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth healing. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day throughout the USA and around the globe over Red State, Red State Talk Platform, the largest talk platform in the nation. And of course, we're listening to a whole lot by a lot of folks and uh, be sure to look up above the iconic um, Ripley's Believe It or Not there in Times Square there you will see the Red State Talk billboard and every hour 24 hours a day the C.L. Bryant show does pop up there and old C.L.'s face looking right back at you there in Times Square. I want to thank all of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation right here throughout our nation on the C.L. Bryant show daily 1205 until 2 p.m. Download free the C.L. Bryant Show app if you don't get both hours on uh, replay in terrestrial. My special guest uh, here for the next couple of minutes will be John Solomon. John Solomon, investigative reporter extraordinaire. And I must tell you this, folks. He doesn't pull punches, but he gives it. You talk about fair and balanced. That's exactly what he's wanting uh, to do with what he's got going on. Just the news. And I encourage you all to go there. Just the news dot com. John, when we left, uh, we were talking about this um, thing that has turned into a farce. We know that there's bad uh, preachers, bad um, teachers, bad cops. There's bad people in the world. It's the state of humanity, unfortunately. Uh, you can't legislate that uh, morality or any of that type thing. If you could, Cain would not have killed Abel and the Ten Commandments would have been um, very effective uh, on us throughout the centuries. Where do you see us, John? Uh, are we going to be able to avoid a totalitarian state here? Or are we beginning to descend toward that type of thing? Speak to that. I have a, I've always had a great optimism in the American spirit in that when the pendulum of America swings too far to the right or to the left, gravity always brings us back. The gravity of democracy always brings us back. And I think there's a lot of things to have that have to happen over the next few months, next few years, to heal the wounds that are obvious when you see these protests. The people who are protesting have obvious grievances. They have obvious pains that they're trying to resolve. But we don't do it through violence. We don't do it through... Uh, restricting our rights we do it through dialogue and action and i think that what we need are leaders to step into the void and give us the sort of uh solutions that are, are needed for the thing there are very simple things we can do to solve the issues that came up in the george floyd case or in many other police cases before and i think that we need a bipartisan effort in congress led by our president to get smart things done which are being discussed the president's unveiling his plans Democrats have put theirs on the table, and somewhere there's a bipartisan agreement that will make this situation better so that law enforcement 
officials and the communities they protect can work together without doing silly things like defund the police department or, or uh, create you know uh, chaos in America. Absolutely. John Salmon, tell us once again how to get a hold of your latest work, Fallout, and how we can get a hold of you if we want you to come to a church, synagogue, or a mosque, or wherever you might want to show up oh, you, near us. You are so kind. So yeah, so first, uh, the book goes on, it's on sale on Amazon now. It goes live July 14th, so it'll be out in a couple of months. We're very actually just over a month now. Uh, and then everyone can follow me on Jay Solomon Reports at Twitter. And then you can also reach me at justthedews.com. And so if, uh, if people are looking for our news or looking for us to talk, you can always reach me at those locations. And uh, I'm really grateful for the, the time you've given to talk about the book and all the other amazing things going on in our country right now. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on with me. I certainly hope you'll allow us to talk to you again. God bless you and keep you. Fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight. John Solomon, thank you for being on with me. Talk to you Thank soon. you, sir. You betcha. I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show, and that was John Solomon. I was really happy to have him on with me here today. And i got to tell you something. Um, having uh, that type, and, and you know we've had everybody on the show from everybody's show the only the crown jewel that i want uh, is one of them I, and I, I have access to them and I, I have not been able to do it it always seems that something comes up when it comes my turn to get the radio interviews always something <laughs> get tired of it <laughs> no i'm just kidding uh the president the vice president i um you know i've been with them many times now and um doing all i can to help and um i just simply want to get that interview there are things that i know that the president and i the, the vp and i would talk about that um other reporters and you know opinion specialists would not share when I talk about, but I'll have it. I'll have it, and it'll, it'll be huge. It'll be huge when I when I do it. We'll play it up real big. Um, coming up, top of the hour, Corinne. After the top of the hour, Corinne Rankin will be on with uh, me. And hey, folks, you want to hang around? You want to buckle your seatbelts when you tune in because. Uh, We'll be talking about some things uh, here from her perspective, my perspective, that you don't normally hear. And we are, of course, going to be as truthful about what how we seize it as we possibly can be. I want to talk to Corinne about how fickle sometimes people can be. I want to talk to her about those polls that are indicating that Joe Biden uh, may be ahead. I want to talk to her about uh, law enforcement. She was once married to uh, an L.A. cop, uh, I believe. I'll let her tell that story. She was a bail bondsman, comes from a bail bondsman's family, bonding family. And so, friends, when we hear from people like Corinne Rankin, who's going to be my next guest, political activist uh, in her own right, uh, shaker and mover out there in California. And believe me, some people may say that California can't change. California won't change. I don't I, I just don't believe that. I, too, am an optimist about uh, the American experience and how uh, we can, in fact, um, all enjoy that without 
giving away the farm. We can all enjoy it without giving away the farm. But you have to uh, contribute so that those who are not, and I'm talking about not truly able to participate, we then, through our churches, synagogues, mosques, our communities, we then help them. They become a community concern, which makes them more um, cared for by the community for their specific needs because they're then looked at and looked after by people who know them. Okay? But we're going to talk about uh, how we get to a place, how we got to a place, how California and places like that get to codependency. Evidently, uh, Karen's family uh, is one that was entrepreneurial. And hey, bail bonds, let's just face it, bail bonds in California. That's lucrative. I mean, it's lucrative. Come on. And that's what I'm saying right now. There are opportunities to be had that only, the only thing you have to do is go and have them. Participate in them. And and it really bothers me uh, many times when I um, speak to young people, not not older people. I used to hear I used to hear this from people in my my age bracket. I'm talking about fifty and up. You know, in my age bracket, I used to hear this from from them. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm that's that's some white folk stuff. You know. Oh man, no, no, no! I'm not. I don't. We, I, you know, I don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> what? And, and, and the thing is, that can actually be regional. Because I know in Iowa, you do what folks do. I don't care who you are. You know, in Atlanta, you know, you know there's a different flavor there. In New Orleans, different flavor there. Depending on where you are, you normally do what they do. And where I normally hear that is in uh, demographics that has not had exposure to other ways of being and doing. And so they are quick to say, oh, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't do that without ever having tried it well I can tell you I'm not, I, I can tell you that I will never be bungee jumping I can tell you that it just doesn't make sense to me okay that's just not sensible <laughs> I can tell you that but I, there's no way I can ever say to you that I'm, I'll never vote for a Democrat because I know that I would even though I am a Republican and a conservative both fiscally and for the most part socially conservative But I will never say to you that I will not vote for a Democrat because I know that I would. I have. I've been a Democrat many, many, many years ago. I've been a Democrat, but I left them. They left me, actually. As Ronald Reagan said, they left me. And so, friends, um, there's a lot for us to talk about because you're going to uh, be hearing in the second hour two people who uh, understand what it's like to be 
black all of our lives in this country, and we're going to give you, uh, I tr- certainly hope, a, a, a different perspective on what's happening in America. The, the conversation that we're going to have is one that need be had. And and, and it, it is not one that many want to have. I want, I want you to get, I want you to understand that it's not a conversation that many want to have because the narrative that comes out of this conversation is different than that. That comes out of a liberal conversation, a liberal blacks. If they're speaking that way, I come from a perspective and you can get, you can understand this of James Brown. I don't need nobody to give me nothing. Just move out of my way and I get it myself. That is the, uh, <laughs> that's the method of the Godfather. If you got any soul, you don't want anybody giving you nothing. Just move out of my way. And I'll get it myself. That's all black folks wanted, but somehow we became mascots, pets of progressive liberals and the oddest thing about it, the strangest thing about it, that you blame Republican white conservatives for you selling your souls, our souls to progressive liberals. They had nothing to do with the selling of our soul. No. It it was those who we felt we could trust who had been bought. That's um, who encouraged us to sell our souls. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. Um, we will return. I will return with Corinne Rankin, um, activist extraordinaire, shaker and mover in California, former uh, head of the Bell Bonds Association there, and uh, colleague of mine, Black Voices for Trump, when I return. After the news break, don't you go anywhere. Be right back. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. 
Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. Even in the midst of all of this, uh, it's still true, the words that I have just spoken. Thank you for joining us daily right here on the C.L. Bryant Show, coast to coast, border to border, and around the globe via Red State, the largest talk platform in the nation and the most listened to. And certainly we want to encourage Times Square to get back on the good foot and get out and about. About, uh, look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, that iconic building there. You will see the Red State Talk billboard in every hour, 24 hours a day. The C.L. Bryant show does pop up there on that billboard. One block away from where they dropped the big ball. And old C.L.'s face looking right back at you. And folks, only in America can my story be told. At least I haven't seen it told anywhere else but here. I want to welcome somebody back to the show who I believe uh, has the right stuff to do exactly what's necessary to help us transform the definitions and the thinking of a demographic that has been trapped uh, under the heavy hand of tyranny from those who have used and abused a vote for so long. She is Corinne Rankin, Grankin, grew up in a bail bonds family, understands business, and she is is a political activist who will be heard uh, throughout our nation in the days, months, and years to come. Help me welcome back to the show, Corinne Rankin. Thank you so much for being there with me. How are you? I'm doing well, CL. Thank you so much for having me on your show again. I'm glad that I'm glad that you're here. I'm really glad that you're here. Corinne, you know, I I want to uh, ask you this question. I want to kick before we talk about all the other stuff. I want uh, the folks. I want the folks to know you growing up in a family that is a business that uh, your business was bail bonds. Talk to us about understanding business and understanding uh, what it takes to make it work. Talk to us about that. Oh, it's hard. (laughs) Uh, Being an entrepreneur it as the hardest thing you'll ever do and the most rewarding thing you'll ever do at the same time. Um, it's a constant, I don't know, I want to say it's just a constant, um, you know, for lack of a better word, it's a constant battle. It's a, it's getting up every morning, it's in loving what you do, loving, you know, helping your community or serving your community in, in one shape or another. And it's also, um, it's hard because you've got your competitors, you've got advertising, you've got, you know, government regulations, you know, it's, you know, that's the battle part. That's the struggle part. Uh, but everything else if I, you know, if you're doing something that you love, then it's not really work. And if you can employ other people and provide jobs while again doing something you love and you know providing for your family giving your family a good life i you know i highly recommend it it's so rewarding it's you know my my father started his business you know let me ask you this let me ask you this so it's all i know when we look at the opportunities that can exist and and do exist in this country are they more plentiful for some than others is the opportunity to achieve and succeed in the same way that your family did uh in the years past 
are those opportunities still available for black people? I run into so many of us, Corinne, that uh, don't see that. They, 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 they feel a certain hopelessness. Talk to that, if you would. Um, you know, I don't know. I guess I'd be on the fence about it, about that, because I know that there were so many obstacles for my father. You know, he was one of the first, you know, uh, one of the, the, the first and the few black people in the bail bond business at that time in the 60s. So he, you know, there was a lot that he had to overcome and it wasn't exactly easy for him. Uh, we lived in a suburb, you know, that was, you know, outside of the red line district and we were able to get into there so you know we were the only black family for miles so (laughs) so i'm on the fence because you know where my family was able to do it we were obviously the only one right so i would have liked that you know my neighborhood my community that i grew up i would have loved to see it be more diverse Absolutely. And the reason, folks, that I I, I wanted to get her responses to that is that she understands the struggle that it takes. My father in business back in the, the 50s and 60s understood the struggle that it takes to own one. And then, Corinne, to see black businesses burned down at the, at the hands of white liberals in some cases and other black people in some cases, it's a heartbreaking thing. Uh, the George Floyd thing that has happened, and Corinne, we can talk about anything you want to, but I, I want us to speak about this George Floyd thing. Are we doing ourselves any favors in reacting in the way that we are, or is it something that's productive? Let's let's unpack that. Let's talk about that. Okay. Well, I'd say yes and no. Um, and we'll start with the no, but tearing down businesses, you know, no matter who started them, whatever color your skin is, that's, that's so counterproductive. That is so harmful. You have no idea. Like a lot of people put their life savings, like all the money they have in the bank and they invest it into starting a business. So when you tear that down, you know, small business owners aren't wealthy no you know they're they're not so it's not like they can just go oh that's fine we'll just start another cupcake shop or you know they can't do that that you've destroyed their life you've destroyed their family you've destroyed their children's education potentially in most cases if you depend on that business to pay for your child's education you know then you what are you gonna you have to pull your child out of school yeah so it's it, it it's a ripple. It's such a negative ripple effect that there's so many layers behind you. You you've messed up the the employment for the people who work at that shop for their children's education. I mean, it's so damaging on so many levels that it's. It's, yeah. it's it's disgusting. It truly is. But now you did have the other side of that coin that you wanted to talk about. So I do. I think that. Us having a conversation, you know, uh, where we're talking about police brutality in black neighborhoods, I think that that's a good thing for our society. I support peaceful protesters, you know, um, if, if that's the reason why they're, pro- they're peacefully protesting, because they want to start this national conversation. I believe that's good for us to have a national conversation about that. Uh, when I... You know, I spent 15 years myself in the bell bond business, 
And I, you know, bailed out people, unfortunately, more often than I'd like. That would, you know, my, my office is right across the street from the jail. So when they get released from the jail, they walk across the street and come right to my front door and come into my office and have a seat. And a lot of times, um, the young black men were bloody. Wow. They were bruised. They were bloody. They would have scrapes on their arm or on their face, like their face had been put to the cement and scraped. And, you know, when you have darker skin, those scrapes are, you know, really noticeable. Very visible. And, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, they have their blood on their shirt. And I, and at first I was like, I was shocked by it, by seeing that. And sometimes, you know, these are even guys that were in my high school that I, would know sometimes from high school. So it was even harder for me to look at those faces because I knew those people. You know, Corinne, you bring up something that is uh, incredibly interesting, and that is the way we see the treatment of uh, a black arrestee in the inner city in particular, uh, as opposed to one um, who is white. And uh, there might be a difference in the suburb. Fortunately, in my lifetime, I haven't had... Uh, much contact unless I initiated it with the uh, with the police, uh, you know. And what I mean by that, my own actions uh, over when I was a young, when I was a kid, did that. But this is what I want. This is what I want. This is the point that I'm I'm trying to get at here is this conversation that we have uh, that you are saying that, that it be good for us, and I do believe it. I, I believe absolutely this conversation is it's it's. But who then? has or who initiates who moderates this conversation it can't be Al Sharpton Corinne it, it, no. it, 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 it just can't be I, I just can't see that but they are putting him they're staging him to do this who we, we're black voices for Trump you and I how do we stage this thing talk to us um, I don't know I think that maybe we can as an as a coalition as an organization I mean we've got a lot I, I always consider myself like a moderate I'm a moderate Republican um, and I have been for years and um, you know I can see I think I'm because of my background the bail bond business like you know I don't have any felonies I'm not afraid of the police my ex-husband was a police officer black police officer you know he retired and a hero in his community you know he was in the newspaper you know everyone's praising him for you know being heroes saving a neighborhood from a crazy guy who was on meth breaking everyone's window uh, he injured his shoulder and retired from that yeah. uh, so you know, he could, I, uh, you know, we all used to have the conversation that he could have taken out the gun and shot the guy who was messed out, terrorizing the neighborhood. But he didn't. He just went in to restrain him physically and ended up ruining his shoulder for life. That's, that's how it goes. But um, he could have, your, your husband could have been killed, too. He could have been, there's, yes, exactly. And that's the flip side. We've had those conversations before where I was like, did you think about shooting him? And he always said no. Wow. And he didn't, and it, it took, it was, I mean, it's in the news, it's in the newspaper. It took neighbors coming out of their homes to pry the man off of him. Turned out the man was like some, went to Taiwan and studied martial arts. So he was like a black belt. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh yeah. my goodness. And he thought it was just, you know, a scrawny kid, but he was a black belt. Oh so, my goodness. And he was meth, um, and he was methed up at the same time. 
Yes. Oh well, folks, uh, Corinne, I I used to box when I was a young when I was a kid, and um, this one guy, I guess he was dusted up. He was on angel dust, and Corinne, I would I would hit this guy squarely in the face, and he would grin at me. That was a very scary thing. Your husband got this yeah. this guy on top of your husband, a messed up. That's scary. I'm telling you, that's scary when you can't hurt yeah. him, when you cannot hurt him. No, the neighbors came running out of their house to help him. But uh, so I think I can see both sides of this issue where I look at someone like my ex-husband who I know is a good guy, who I know would, you know, put his own self in harm's way before he'd think about taking his gun out on someone. Um, but I also know, you know, from being on the bell bond side that there's I can't deny that there are bad cops out there because I have seen too many people come into my office bloody bruised and scraped and after you know i would say you know who did this how'd that happen and the police did this the police you know beat me up they stole my money you know and this is what they did now i don't know if they stole money but i heard a lot of people say it yeah and but, however the officer's names were always the same name mm. so that's one of the things i also learned that i also i can't deny because I didn't hear a variety of names. I see. It was always, it got to the point where I would say, who did that to you? So-and-so? They go, how did you know? Wow. Okay, so folks, there's the light that need to be shed on this. And the conversation that Corinne Rankin has opened for us is the fact that the police should have policed themselves in seeing this over and over. I'm not going to mention the name of the the officer that uh, killed George Floyd, but his name, as Corinne is saying, his name had popped up over and over and over. I know that it takes, so I've read that that, former officer who shall not be named had 17 complaints against him. Wow. That's what I read. So somebody may call and say that's not accurate. It was 16 or whatever, but that was what I read. And so, you know, even over a 20 year career, 17 complaints, that's almost one complaint a year. That's too many. And then another factor is that it takes a lot And most people may not know this, but complaint making an officer complaint it takes a lot of work. You have to go down to the police department, say, I would like to complain about an officer. Then another, you have to wait. Another officer will come out, pull you in a side room, and then take your complaint. So the whole process, you know, including you taking time off work, driving down to the police department, you know, make, taking the time to make the complaint and driving back to your work or home or whatever, it takes about at least two hours just for that process. So you have to imagine how serious somebody is if they're taking two hours out of their day to drive down and make a complaint. That must be a serious complaint because making a complaint about an officer is not like writing a bad Yelp review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, folks, take that to heart. When you have, listen, if you got three, if you got four on the same officer, it don't have to be as many as 17. But, 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 but let me tell you something. You should pay attention. Did you hear her tell you that uh, the, the people would come in scraped up when she bails them out? Uh, the, 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 the names of the officers who were involved in their arrest trended. They began to trend as the same names. So the policing has to be done. But now, listen, 
Let's talk about this, the other side of this. Corinne, you and I have, uh, we're, we're colleagues. All of you know that uh, Corinne and I are both uh, colleagues, um, black voices for Trump. Uh, we're full disclosures. We're black Americans who have conservative uh, viewpoints in this, in this country. Uh, when we look at Chicago and the lives that are lost there, Corinne, on a weekly basis, why then is there not the outrage some are asking about those black lives? And why then is there such an outrage over this black lives? Let's speak to this. Let's talk about it. What do you say? I, I think there are two separate issues. There's one, there's a criminal element that terrorizes neighborhoods and, you know, I'm and, and kill their own people and, you know, drive-by gang activity or, in a, you know, a random shot, you know, gets fired and, and you know, hits a little girl innocently. Um, th- that is an issue. And I think that should be an ongoing conversation and should be something that everybody participates in solving. Um, and I don't believe that, you know, letting people out of jail with no money, oh, you, you know, got arrested for illegal weapon or oh, we'll just let you back out promise to appear to court i don't think that's that's not right and we all as a culture have to be on top of this matter like as a society in fact have to be on top of this matter this that that situation of black on black crime consistently it can't just come up every now and then. It has to always be part of the conversation. Corinne Rankin um, is my special guest. Corinne, stay with me uh, through the short break. I want to talk to you on the other side of it for just a couple of minutes. And uh, there are some things that I, I still want you to cover on this very topic. Uh, Corinne Rankin is uh, extraordinarily activist in uh, so many different areas of her state she has experienced as far as business is concerned has been in the bail bonds business all of her life and she knows it in and out has led the association there in california and she's going to return with me after these uh, brief messages more with corinne rankin right here on the cl bryant show coast to coast border to border daily 12 until 2 Eastern. Be right back. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Our lips. 
CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you so much for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge to conversation right here on the CL Bryant Show. Thank you all of you for making it so popular as it has become uh, throughout our nation and around the globe. I'm back home uh, for a couple of months anyway in Louisiana uh, until uh, we're going to have the memorial services for uh, my wife. Um, on the 27th, on the 27th, um, Jane will uh, memorialize her. And uh, come on out. Word of God Ministries, be there. Um, we're expecting a huge crowd. So come on out and uh, be there with us. Um, it has been a, a journey to get back uh, to it. Um, I actually preached my first sermon um, the other Sunday at um, the Christian Center in Shreveport. Uh, my executive producer, Michelle, is a member there, and um, it was uh, a, a huge uh, experience for me. And I certainly thank all of you for uh, welcoming back into life, actually, after so many years with her. And then uh, moving ahead, it has been very difficult. The work that I do and the work that I will continue to do is uh, aided and abetted by people that you hear on this show. And one of them, especially today, John Solomon was on with us uh, the first hour and um, a, a journalist, investigative journalist extraordinaire. And John shared some great nuggets um, for us and with us uh, get his newest book fallout uh, fallout is his latest book john will be back with us uh, in a couple of weeks but today we have an extraordinary businesswoman, someone who i do admire one of my colleagues black voices for trump corinne rankin is on with me and corinne before we go back into our conversation tell everybody how to get a hold of you what you're into and uh if they want to bring you out to speak to them how do they do it? Okay. So I have a, I'm a founder of an organization called Legacy Republican Alliance that is committed to uh, you know, getting more black people to, into the Republican Party, like actually involved in the party, into party politics. And, you know, because I, I'm a believer that you can't make change by shouting from the end outside. You have to be on the inside making those changes. So that's what we're committed to doing that and also uh getting more black people to run for office you know local office um in black you know urban black neighborhoods running for school boards uh, city councils and, and and things like that things that were you know on the ground beneficial you know neighborhood engagement yeah and uh, people can get a hold of me on through my website legacy republican alliance they can find me on twitter i'm at corinne rankin uh, Instagram, Corinne Rankin. So I'm, I'm super easy to get a hold of. I'm often asked this question, Corinne. Uh, what is it that we as Republicans, and I guess you and I would be quali uniquely qualified to speak to this, uh, particularly uh, to get uh, to to attract. Uh, Latinos. I think that the Republican Party has a large umbrella, but the story just hasn't been told. What are you? What are you doing? What can we do? Uh, to I see that you've made a move to do it. Is, is that what you're dedicated to doing uh, with your organization? Yeah, that's what my organization is dedicated to do. And then we have a PAC um, also, and we endorse candidates who are committed to you know grassroots engagements in urban communities talking with more black people, 
in black neighborhoods. So all of our candidates that we endorse are candidates who are also committed to, you know, that agenda of engaging with the black community. Because, you know, most Democrat, I mean, most black communities are 100% Democrat run. And for years, the Republican Party just, you know, hasn't outreached in black neighborhoods. So it's really, you know, kind of falls upon us to yell that, you know, these are our communities that we identify with. So we have to, you know, make the effort. So I just, you know, not myself and uh, my colleagues here in California, we decided to come together and make sure that we're committed, you know, to the same ideas, to the same goals. And that is fantastic. And uh, whatever we can do to help you and support you, uh, we'd be very happy to do that. Corinne, I want to thank you so much for being on with us. Before we go, though, we got to give special shout out and, and sound bites uh, to our boys and girls over at Black Voices for Trump. Yes. Let's, t- let's talk about the hookup that you and I have with that. Both of us are uh, founding board members of Black Voices for Trump. Tell the folks about the function of uh, this great organization. Talk to us, Corinne Rankin. So Black Voices for Trump is committed to, first and foremost, you know, reelecting our president, Donald Trump, and also to, you know, again, engage with the black community to, you know, be a grassroots on the ground engagement, having conversations, you know, tough conversations. We know that, you know, when we're the first Republicans in, you know, to black communities, we get a lot of pushback at first, but, you know, we're, we're all committed to having those tough conversations and really making an effort to say, hey, you know what, there's another side to politics. And the side that you've been voting for for the past 30 years has not been working. So, you know, give us a try, you know, learn about, you know, what Republican, what the Republican Party, who, the, who we are and what our platform is and how it can be helpful to you and your family, and your community. I echo exactly what Corinne Rankin has said to you. Black folks, Black Voices for Trump reach out to you, telling you to come home to the party of your political origins <laughs> in uh, this country. Black Voices for Trump, uh, C.L. Bryant and Corinne Rankin encourage you to do it. Yes. And uh, listen. And they re- it really is a great organization. I mean, I, we, you know, CL, you and I, we met on, you know, the, 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 at the launch. And I, I would say, and I, I'm sure you agree that this organization has, you know, exceeded my expectations. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm amazed at the, the things they're doing. And Absolutely. for us to have in a Republican campaign, you know, for an election of a Republican, uh, incumbent or otherwise to have a coalition of black people is for the Republican Party historic. And you know what, and Corinne, I, you bring up something also. I mean, and uh, I'm really glad that we we, we uh, are giving that we gave that little minute plug to him because it opens the door us uh, for talk about so many other things. Corinne, uh, you 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 said it. You hit the nail on the head. It's time to try something different I, I, listen you can't be can't be like little kids who've never tried it try the thing but yet you don't like it you know you can't be like that. Right. And so, and so, my grandkids and so and so uh, but but so we're encouraging you uh to do that current you got the last word got we got 30 seconds you got the last one Oh, I'll see y'all again. I just want to, you know, thank you for letting me on your show. And I would just encourage everyone to, 
you know, go into these next days with all the stuff that's happening in our country. Just, you know, do as my mom taught me. You know, she taught me I had two ears and one mouth. God gave me two ears and one mouth because I'm supposed to listen twice as much as I speak. And so I would just, that, that's my best advice for us going into these next few days with all the craziness that's going on to our country. We Make had, sure that we're listening to each other. We had the same mama. Ain't that something? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was the mom from Louisiana, so there you go. <laughs> uh, God bless and keep you. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will, Corinne, because you are fighting the good fight. Thank you so much for being on with me. Right, thank you. Thank you. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. And that was Corinne Rankin and one of my colleagues, Black Voices for Trump. And uh, I have to tell you something, folks. It is always a joy to speak to someone who understands uh, what is necessary to keep us, first of all, on track of being a great republic, but for everybody. Are you hearing it? I'm talking about the balance that goes along with uh, being uh, someone who gives thought to the actions. We are in a situation now where you have people who take action, but they don't give thought to the action. And I, I do what I can, and Michelle is very good at uh, finding guests who uh, do and can, in fact, speak to both sides of an issue. Now, hey, listen, you don't have to agree with me on anything, okay? Man, that's not the purpose of this show. We do want both sides, and sometimes we clash. Sometimes we have people on that we're, we're going to clash with. That's what it's about. It's, that builds the bridge as well. Well, you don't want that plank there. Okay, we take that plank up. We'll flip it over, and maybe it'll work better that way, okay? But you have to talk about that first, okay? You have to talk about that first. And then... You take action. Corinne, I think, uh, brought up something that I think, <laughs> yeah, my mom said the same thing. My grandmother said that. She sure did. My mom and my grandmother, they both said that. You know, you got two eyes, two ears, one mouth. What does that tell you? <laughs> uh, you look and listen twice as much as you run your little mouth. I heard the same thing. And you know what, uh, you know, if you're raised right, you've heard that in one form or another, in, in various ways, in various forms. Folks, um, it is incumbent upon all of us to be cognizant that people are on the edge. Look and listen you do realize that Americans were killing themselves in ways that we had not been doing until this pandemic thing hit. We had to uh, quarantine ourselves. You, you, you do realize that we had hit a, an emotional uh, point in, in, in our American lives where, hey, it seemed as though it'd be better just to check out. They didn't want to live this life. Download free the C, the, download free the C.L. Bryant Show, T-H-E, the C.L. Bryant Show app. If you don't get both hours of the show and all of the shows are cataloged there, 
And certainly, certainly do thank all of you for coming along with us every day as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. And it's a great nation. It's a great nation because people like you, whatever stripe you are, red, yellow, black, white, whoever you are. But I, I, I take the advice and the uh, I, I take the philosophy of the late great godfather of soul. You know who he was. James Brown said, hey, I don't need nobody to give me nothing. Get out of my way. Move out of my way. I'll get it myself. Are you hearing me, Americans? We cannot get into the codependent state of mind where we're looking for the big hand of government to be our savior. You have God-given natural abilities. Use them. We can rebuild, and we will rebuild. But the sad thing about it is the fact that there are people, and Corinne Rankin touched upon this, how you save every little penny if you are going to open a business, you know, and you watch and you budget and you pray above all you pray, friends, you pray. And you know, even though it appears that the business is prosperous and all of that type of thing, and people see you in business, they see your name on the sign, and they see you in, in and about, out and about, and so forth. And patronage, they see the patronage that you get in your businesses. What do they think? They think that you own a business and you're wealthy. Now, if you're wealthy, people everywhere will know it. It won't be a, it won't even be a good, a well-kept secret. It'll be, everybody will know it. If you're wealthy, everybody will know it because if your Judeo-Christian ethic kicks in, the works that you do will speak for you. Yeah, the works that you do will speak for you if you're wealthy. Bill Gates is incredibly wealthy. There are wealthy people in your community. It's not nearly as wealthy as Bill Gates, but they're wealthy for your community. And... um, (laughs) Um, let me tell you something. They do matter when it comes to employment. Most Americans are hired by those small businesses. And if they go away, never to return, then you had better believe. And and even though, yes, we're seeing uh, job recoveries and all that type of thing, uh, good news on the job front and all that type thing, but there are hundreds of thousands of small businesses that will return as something else, but they will never return as what they were. No. They will never return as what they were. So, what does that mean? Are, 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 who are we seeing 
in these unemployment lines? Who are we seeing in these uh, food stamp lines or the, the relief lines? Who is that? Is that the small businessman who never anticipated, uh, for, who would have never anticipated four months ago, five months ago? Certainly not. That that would become a reality for them. Huh? That 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 just who can who can who can call it? I sure certainly can. I certainly could not see this. And now, not only did they have to close down, but now you have these knuckleheads coming through here. These thugs. Let's talk. Call it like you know, like, like I see. I'm calling it like I sees it. And I don't care what color they are. It'd be hooligans. It'd be thugs. In any 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 way you 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 cut that cake. Okay, be hooligans, they be thugs. Any way you cut the cake. They burned down the building that your business was in. Yeah, now they have burned down the business that you're in. The building. Maybe you had bought that building. You are a black business owner and that my friends is how the blue bird of paradise excretes on you (laughs) that's a pretty good word excrete that bluebird of paradise excrement on you. You were doing it. You were doing it. Business was booming. You were in business. And then Something that evidently could have been stopped if the mask work without closing your business down. And in the full spectrum of everything, listen to me. We'd like to think that if this hadn't happened, this wouldn't have happened and George Floyd would not have died. But if we had not been, and of course all of this is hindsight, but I'm just telling you the progression, I'm just sharing with you the progression of the type of thinking that has led to chaos that if applied to any other situation, after I come back. So you came and changed my life, you thought I was worth So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone.
And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. Um, yes, the attitudes that we have, the attitudes that we face in this country, if the mask work, then why did we shut businesses down? If the mask don't work, then why were we wearing them? And why are people wearing them closed up in their cars? The question that I was asking was if, in fact, the Chinese had not lied to us about this spread and the seriousness of the coronavirus, would George Floyd be dead? <laughs> Huh? Come on, let's talk here. Let's have a conversation if we can. Because all of this happened in the midst of, of foolishness. Now, you may say, well, see, all black people have been being killed by police officers. Um, yeah. Black people have been being killed by black people. Cain killed Abel. Oh, yeah. And uh, the story of humanity is a story of human pain and human suffering. And the hypocrisy that I'm seeing so much now in regards to um, Black Lives Matter and all this type of thing, the hypocrisy that I'm seeing now is stifling. Now, it could be that one is criminal activity that goes on, but still it was criminal activity that this cop killed that killed George Floyd. It was criminal activity. And, um, you know, uh, even though Candace has suffered the slings and arrows of uh, ill-timed speak, you know, she actually was correct in her uh, opinion that uh, the toxicology report did show that you know, George Floyd was intoxicated. That has nothing to do with the way he died. But it does add a ripple to the question if the Chinese hadn't lied about this from the first place two or three months ago. Would the events, and nobody can answer this question, it's a, it's, a, it's a rhetorical question, it's rhetoric, but would the events have actually led to something different? Hmm? Every outcome has uh, some type of origin, some type of place where it began to take on the final appearance of the outcome 
it began someplace. Yeah, it began someplace. And so, friends, we can lay blame here. We can lay blame there. We can lay blame anywhere you want to lay blame. Okay? We can do that. But the fact of the matter is we as human beings are bad actors, period. And the only salvation that any of us will ever have is to know Jesus Christ in my estimation in my life. I can tell you my story. He's the only person that changed my life. My wife led me to Christ. My wife actually um, was that person because I'm, oh, I don't have time to tell you the story. But it was certainly the change agent that happened with me. Now, now listen, folks, listen. We as human beings are bad actors. We have committed atrocity upon atrocities uh, upon each other and would still, if not for some of us, and many of us, most of us who believe in rules of law, you don't have to have been told that it's wrong to kill to know that it's wrong to kill. Uh, even, even back to the first murder that the Bible records, the scripture records of humanity, Cain killing Abel. Uh, he didn't come out and tell God, well, I hit him over the head with a rock or hit him in the head with a stick or, or you know, uh, I sharpened a stick and poked him with it. We don't know how Cain died. We just know that his blood was crying out from the ground. Whatever it was, it was messy. <laughs> okay. The question God asks is, brother, Cain, who killed Abel, uh, where's your brother? What, what, what it, Cain didn't answer that question. No, he got sort of belligerent. He said, hey, it's not my day to keep him. Am I my brother's keeper? And we start quoting those types of uh, things and uh, making them iconic slogans and sayings and so forth. Um, many times we're speaking out of context and out of school. Uh, the idea that I'm my brother's keeper came, those words were uttered by the first murderer in scripture. His name was Cain. And he was avoiding a direct question that God asked him, where's your brother? Am I... <laughs> Am I my brother's keeper? I don't know where he is. Am I supposed to be keeping up with him today? That's what he was meaning by that. He was being sarcastic to the creator of the universe. The one who had breathed life to his mom and dad. As all of us can experience. We make choices, good and bad. And all of us, if not guided by the right people circumstances and doctrine as far as Bible centered word of God type of doctrine is concerned. 
all of us can be bad, bad actors. Every one of us can be bad, bad actors. And friends, that's no joke. And that's what happens when we see things like the George Floyd murder, the takedown. George Floyd was not acting in the best way that day that he possibly could have been acting. And he ran into another bad actor. And what did that spawn? It spawned other Bad actors. Red, yellow, black, and white. It spawned that among human beings because we want, have a tendency, we are bent toward acting bad. We are bad actors. And yeah, we sometimes have reason, have cause to act bad, but I never, I will never see any reason, any cause to burn down another man's business when he had nothing to do with the rage that you are experiencing other than the fact that you want to burn down this man's business. Why would you do that? Why? Why would you do that? It's not because of George Floyd. No, you burn down another man's business because of something else. Please don't. Please don't tell me. Don't don't try to sell me the snake oil. Okay, that you are going to burn down this man's business to show outrage over a black man being killed. Don't, don't, please don't tell me that. So then I, I have to ask you if any other scenario had come about where George Floyd had been killed by a black man. And keep in mind, there were multi ethnic cops standing around while this white cop actually killed George Floyd. There were other cops standing around who were not non-white. Yeah. This is an evil that has that beset us. But what if George Floyd had been just killed by a, a black guy who attacked him? Uh, by a black man who attacked him and put him on the ground. Or just shot him. Would we even know his name? No. Most likely not. There have been many a George Floyd who have been taken out under the same type of circumstances except the executioner was different. It happens weekly, in Chicago, call it whatever you want. It's still a life lost. And it's still people being set upon by thugs. The white cop that killed George Floyd was a thug. But you have thugs in Chicago who kill black men 
every week. My point is, I just don't understand how we could possibly think we're going to have this both ways, black people, white people, Americans. We cannot have this both ways. Listen, it's, it's time for people to step forward to call out folks who are wanting to be hypocritical. Either all life matter and we're not going to allow people to get us into a this paint us into this corner where we can't say that either all lives matter or we are hypocrites. Either all lives matter or we are hypocrites. Are you hearing me? Every one of us, red, yellow, black and white, a black life doesn't matter anymore than a white one or a Mexican one, or a Latino one, or, or, or if unless all lives matter, then every one of you who are sucking air that you did not earn are hypocrites. Don't you forget that. I'm CL, and this has been the CL Bryant Show today. Um, tune in daily. 12.05 in the East until 2 p.m. every day. Certainly thank you for coming along with us to build a bridge to conversation. I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our mind. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I really do trust. I really do hope that God would come and heal our land, heal your homes, heal your hearts. Lord, come heal our land. And I hope he blesses each and every one of you. Until again, I talk to you again. I'm CL. Mm-hmm.